0: Welcome to Simper Sometimes with Benny. Today I have um, PFC Harrington on. We're going to kind of just talk about another Marine profile, kind of just talking about why he joined the Marine Corps, how he's enjoyed the Marine Corps so far, Um, that were sometimes of doubt or sometimes of thoughts of like not joining the Marine Corps. Um, And I've known him all the way since he was a freshman in high school. Uh, So I've actually been able to see him grow, now become a Marine. So we're just going to talk about that. So without further ado, Harrington. How's it going? (laughs) It's going good, man. Uh, I just want to thank you, number one, for coming out here. I really appreciate it. Um, So kind of just tell us, you know, why – so actually, I'll give a background story. So the first time I met you was at a table set up in Colts High School with Sergeant Cornish. He was a recruiter that I was going to end up taking taking over for um, inevitably. And – I remember you just being that guy who always had a, either a Marine Corps teacher and Marine Corps hoodie on. Um, and then later on, we ended up, you ended up switching schools and I found you again. And I was like, dude, really? Now you're the, now you're that kid in this school. Um, but I remember that there was times where like you went from like being all gun ho about joining to then all of a sudden I'm hearing rumors of like, Hey, Harrington's not joining the Marine Corps anymore. He's just going to go to college. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Um, And then I knew that I had to talk with you and your parents and not let that happen. Um, And thankfully, it didn't happen. You joined the reserves like I told you to. Um, So my first question really would be, why were you so freaking URA Marine Corps moto at 12, 13 years old? Like, why? Like, where did that come from? Where
1: did it stem from? So the weirdest thing about that question is I've never been able to answer it myself. Um, Ever since being, like, Young in elementary school, I always knew I wanted to be in the military. Okay. You know, always, you know, watching military movies, playing with the little army guys, like you know, whatever it was. Like I knew I was going to be in the military. Come freshman year, uh, I was in the uh, junior ROTC program at Colson High School, which is kind of where I got to learn more about each branch and what they offered, and you know, just just more about them and having our. Senior instructor be a major in the Marine Corps is really what inspired me to be like, wow, like a set of dress blues. Mm-hmm. That was like, that was my goal. I saw that and I was like, that is like the sexiest uniform out there. Nothing is better than that. That's what I want. So, really, learning more about the Marines, you know, I talked, when I would talk to Army, Navy, Air Force, like, oh, well, why do you want to be a Marine? Why don't you want to join our branch? Every time I give them the same answer, I said, it's the pride. Mm-hmm. It's earning that e- eagle globe and anchor, and they would always tell me the same thing. That's the stupidest thing you could say. Why does that matter to you? And every time, like I, I couldn't help but just tell him, be like, no, it's it's not stupid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I'm working for. That's what I want. Yeah, that's what I need. Mm-hmm. And then you know the other thing behind it is I have family history in every other branch but the Marine Corps. I happen to be the first Marine in my family, so like you know being that first. Harrington in the Marine Corps as far as like my family line goes like that was also very special to me you know selling so, my own thing so what happened
0: where like there was a point in like your junior senior year where you decided that maybe I guess joining the Marine Corps wasn't the thing or maybe going to college first
1: was like kind of run us through that like what mm-hmm. what happened all of a sudden where you were like eh so me personally you know I was kind of once I left Colts like High School I left a junior R T C program Ended up going back to an Alpin, just being a regular student, taking regular courses. And that's where I was kind of, you know, pushed into that, you know, that wavelength of, okay, college first. Everyone's got to go to college. Everyone, you know, you got to do college first before you do anything. And I was kind of pushed into that, um, just the education system. Because, like, you, kn- you know how that works, yeah. being a so, so you felt that you were pushed towards that more so just to, just by your educators, by the, the tuition, like the yep. people in the school? Yep. And, you know, I... I still told myself, you know, okay, let's go, let's say I go through two years of community college. I'm still going to join the Marine Corps. This way, I have some college background already. And then once I'm in the Marine Corps, two more years, I got finished up. That'd be no big problem. But then looking at it, you know, what, where I finally made my ultimate decision to just send it and join right out of high school was I didn't want to be that guy that, you know, oh, I'm going to go to college first, and then I'm going to join the Marine Corps mm-hmm. because there's, you know, plenty of people out there that just hit you with the oh yeah i almost joined right you're not wrong
0: man and it's uh it's i'm glad that you brought that up because that's another reason why i started this podcast was just not only about like the the issues in the military but also just for people who are out there right now contemplating joining And, and you're right because so many people say that all the time bro i did four years on recruiting duty i've been around recruiting duty for 10 years and living in monmouth county i bump into those people those people who told me four years ago, oh yeah, 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 bro, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do college first, then I'm gonna join, and then they never join, or they get arrested, mm-hmm. or they break their back, or they get an injury where they can never join the military, and now they're coming in the office like, oh, bro, what the fuck? And I'm like, bro, you fucked yourself over. Like I told you straight out, you had to do this, this, and the third, you didn't do it, and you know, and the and the thing is like, coming, having that conversation with you because a a huge part of it was like your, I remember your parents their thought process was and a lot of parents have this thought process oh get your degree first then go in mm-hmm. and it's a huge misconception because like, like bro first of all I'm, I will never my thought processes have changed um, I used to be like college is effing stupid you're a dumbass if you go to college now I've changed my minds only because I'm never going to say college is dumb but the fact that you are paying full price to go to college and then probably not get the job that you want and or you're going to change your major thousands of times before you really find out. Um, it, it's it's kind of just a, a waste of money in that point. Because, like, for instance, right now, I currently work at a college. I'm not going to say the name. And when I tell you it's so crazy that I can be on the phone with a 19, 20-year-old person and tell them how much the tuition costs they won't even bat a freaking eye. They're like, "Yeah, let's sign up right now. Hey man, it's 32,000. Let's go. Dude, let's go. Full send." And I'm like, "Bro, but that's only one year." "Oh yeah, I know. It's and it's like Wait a minute. So you're just so completely, well, that, yeah, future me's got to worry about that. I have time to pay it off. It's not a big deal." But then you have people who like I have, you know, one guy I talked to this week, guy's 35 years old, um, and now he's talking about going and doing this program. And he's like, I've gone, I have a bachelor's degree, I have a doctorate, I've gone to this college, I've gone to this college. But now I don't feel like I want to do that anymore. So people literally, like my own sister, my sister's about to be 40, I think. Um, Jennifer, if you're listening, I apologize, I don't know your age, but whatever. But she's now, you know, a mother of two, and now she's realizing that maybe the job field that she's in isn't the job field she wants to be in. And she spent hundreds of, like at least a hundred grand probably. Maybe I'm wrong, but she spent a lot of effing money putting that time into a degree, and now suddenly, years later, she doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas someone like me, I have my GI Bill. I haven't gone back to school yet, but like right now, um, I did a couple of different things where I looked at some different schools, and I can go to DeVry right now, and with everything that I have from the Marine Corps, my transcripts, I can literally get a bachelor's degree in counseling in two years, and. I would literally just only have to go to school for no it's a year and a half through DeVry and I would have a bachelor's degree and the Marine Corps GI bill pays for it or because I'm actively in the military I can go to DeVry for $250 per semester hour which is half price of what a normal civilian would pay so I could literally just use that advantage and then just keep my GI bill for my kid so it's that's why it's. I'm not saying it's stupid and idiotic to join them to, to go to college. I'm not saying that. But if you can get it at a cheaper rate because you're in the military and or get it for free, then why wouldn't you? And again, I, I get it. Not it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that a lot of people just don't know that it's for them because they never went looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you feel now that you know you made the decision? to go to boot camp and go the reserve route? Like, how does that feel? I don't
1: regret my decision for the world. Like, nothing in my mind changes it. Like, of course, throughout boot camp, like, those of you that know, like, you're going to have your times of doubt. You're going to question, you know, why did I do this? Why am I here? But, like, in the end, once once you get that eagle of an anchor placed in your in your hand and, you know, you walk that parade deck and you go through all your trainings and, you know, you meet, you meet people that you're going to talk to the rest of your life, it's a whole different experience. Like, you know, I, I talk to my boys all the time back at home. You know, yo, why didn't you join with me? Yo, why aren't you joining? Or like, you know, are you thinking about it? Like, it's always the same thing. No, bro, I don't want to go to war. I don't want to die. And it's like, it, that's not what it's about. Yeah. It's not.
0: Dude, and, and it's crazy that you say that because, like, people think that. People literally are like, oh, if I join the Marine Corps, I'm going to die tomorrow. First of all, there's people who've been in the Marine Corps for 20-some-odd years and have never deployed literally like yeah. they're there like, mm-hmm. and especially in the world in which we live in right now like there's people out there who have never deployed and never will deploy because it's their, not their job to and a lot of people don't understand it. a lot of people think like I have people all the time like how many people do you kill? killed bro I've never killed anybody like just because I'm in the ring Corps doesn't mean I'm some crazy dude mm-hmm. or something I don't mean that like that but like, it doesn't mean that I have severe PTSD and I can't live my life you know because I was out there in the war zone like bro there's jobs that don't number one correlate to that and it's also just the idea that at the same time you can meet people out there who have who are supply guys who went on combat missions but that's because they volunteered or that because they needed it so realistically people don't understand the fact that like listen just because you joined the military doesn't mean that you're going to go to war doesn't mean that you're going to go get shot at doesn't mean any of those things like i haven't been overseas in 10 years Um, But when you bring that up, it's crazy to think about it. And it's something I always used to say to people on recruiting duty, like when I would talk to young men and women, is people will tell you that they won't join the military, right? When you ask them, but how many friends do you have that are going to college right now for criminal justice because they want to go become a cop? And it's like, wait a second, you won't go overseas and hold a weapon for like seven months, but you'll go and become a cop or hope to become a cop and put a pistol on your waist every day when you wake up. That's the first thing you do. You're you're talking about doing something every single day being at an, in an active war zone. Because pe- look at everything going on in America right now. Oh, my God. Yep. So, like, it's really just weird that people say that, you know. But at the same time, like, kind of going off on that, you know, it's just the experience aspect that's going to help you so much more. So, let's talk a little bit about um, boot camp. How was how that? especially because you went through COVID. Yep. So how how was boot camp? How was the experience?
1: So being a quote-unquote COVID Marine, the experience was way <laughs> different. Yeah, that's what they called us. Nice. Um, but yeah, being a COVID Marine, it was definitely a different experience. Uh, before we even, you know, once we left home to go to boot camp, we were actually sent to a hotel for two weeks just to quarantine, mm. where for those two weeks, we sat in a hotel room maybe left the room twice to do paperwork and you know you got three meals a day you got a temp check you know zero six when you woke up and a temp check at twenty hundred eight o'clock before you went to bed and that was just the same thing every day you just sit in your room watch tv you know make up a, a dumb game with your roommates like you just figure it out and then you know You test negative, you go to boot camp. You test positive, you and all your roommates stay in quarantine for another two weeks. Oh, wow. Which was the crazy part. That sucked. I know a lot of people actually got held back, which I I couldn't do because I could not stay in that hotel any longer. Anyway, get to boot camp. You know, you put your mask on. You keep your mask on. It doesn't leave your face. I mean, PTing, working out, getting IT, yeah, you take your mask off because you're going to be breathing heavy. How would, how did you feel? Getting all, getting on the
0: bus and getting off the bus, like was that still the same? Like did the drill instructor still come on and yep. do his thing? Okay. That was so. all.
1: That was all the same experience. Like that was that was one of the biggest things I was looking forward to. You know, passing that final, Paris, you know that Paris Island entrance sign. Mm-hmm. You know, put your head down. You, you know, keep your head down, and then next thing you know, lights turn on. Drill instructor hops on the bus. You know, just screaming at you. Only thing that was different was when you get to the yellow footprints, we have to socially distance still. So we did not get to use all the yellow footprints. Oh, okay. You know, but still still got the same experience stepping on those yellow footprints, walking through the silver hatches, and then just being up that whole day. How did it feel? Did you get to make your first phone call? Was that Yes. Okay. Yep, How did was, that feel? Do you remember that at all? Uh, really it was an adrenaline rush. I mean I got to make two phone calls technically. Well, actually three. So when we first got to the hotel, we actually made the same phone call that you make at boot camp. That was that was weird. You know, because it was like, we're just, you know, here in quarantine, we're not even there yet. But yeah, we got to make that phone call twice, so once at the hotel, and then once when we got to Paris Island, and then also we got lucky, I forgot, it was, uh, I think it was like Thanksgiving, one of the weekends that I was at the hotel, so they actually let us get a phone call home uh, through a government phone, we got like two minutes to talk to our family on the phone, Mm. they just came door to door with the phone and let us call Gave us a time limit, so that was cool. Um, but, yeah, that, that first phone call at boot camp, probably about 4, 4.30 in the morning. I just remember, you know, hearing my parents, like, with a really groggy hello, you know, me screaming at them on the phone, drone instructor in my ears screaming at me, you know, didn't get to say, like, you know, bye, I love you, you know, nothing like that. You don't get to say that. You know, hang up the phone, and run off. Okay. So how
0: did, um, so just tell us a little bit about boot camp mentally, physically, emotionally? Like, how did you feel through that?
1: So, really, I'll start off with physically. Um, I believe I was more than prepared to go to boot camp. I would say the quarantine kind of set me back a little bit as far as endurance. because uh, We were still able to work out in the rooms, you know, basic calisthenics, and they actually had uh, TV programs that were filmed by, you know, some of the Marines staying in the hotel, too, uh, PTs, you know, so you can just turn the channel on, do a PT with your roommates and then call it a day. Okay. But, you know, we weren't able to run or go out and do any of that. So I think right. I kinda got set back there. But other than that, physically I was more than ready. You know, I I feel as if maybe even workouts at the RSS were sometimes tougher than what we actually did at Boot Camp. I've heard that. I've heard that a lot. I've mm-hmm. heard it. and to me it's crazy
0: that I hear that because like I only went to a few different workouts when I joined the Marine Corps uh, the pulley events but um, I joined and then left rather quickly so but I've always heard that I've always mm-hmm. had people come back and say like like Staff Sergeant or Sergeant like bro you, the workouts we do here are a thousand times worse Yeah. than they are
1: there and it's like wow it's kind of because I think at the RSS you know you're, you're working out two times a week and the workouts they're you know they're made up so that you know they're hard Yeah. you know you want to go home sore you want to be out of breath after a run like you know, you're conditioning yourself to be in the boot camp environment where you're not working out, you're not doing as tough of workouts, but you're working out for longer. You know, it's 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 an everyday thing there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a poolie, you're working out twice a week, yeah, with RSS, and then if you do shit at home. So would like, you would you say that the PT has definitely helped you? Oh, for sure. Okay,
0: yeah, for sure. Okay. That's, um. So how? What about like? everyday experiences, like do you have any kind of funny stories from boot camp that you can maybe share with us? Do you have like a, is there that one drill instructor that maybe, you know, without saying any names that like kind of really impacted you or anything like that?
1: I mean, honestly, every day at boot camp was, it was something new every day. I mean, my platoon, we ended up actually graduating as honor platoon, you know, we, we did a pretty good job. We all got it together and, you know, worked as a team, which was great. But I mean, every day was something new. I mean, my own instructors—they were, they were great men. You know, it really, really left a mark on me. Really inspired me to want to be a better marine and to want to work harder every day. Um, people ask me about funny stories all the time, and <laughs> I can only laugh when people say that because I don't even know where to start with that. Yeah. There was something new every day. You know, you had your, you had your classic boot camp shit bags. You know, yeah. kids that were always getting picked on, always on the quarter deck. Always get everyone else screwed up, but I mean, as far as drill instructors, I'd probably have to say my senior drill instructor, he was a gunnery sergeant, uh, he probably left the biggest impact. He wasn't around as much being the senior drill instructor. He yeah. kind of left it all up to the, you know, the kill hat, knowledge hat, drill hat, but he probably left the biggest impact because he's been through a lot, he's seen a lot. He has the most experience. I mean, the only reason he was a drill instructor is because he actually lost his MOS. He was a tanker oh, when they okay. got rid of him. He was actually he went through recruiting duty first. Mm-hmm. But then he became a drill instructor. So he really, like, broad spectrum got to see almost anything you can think of in the Marine Corps. You know, he's been in combat, you know, been in peacetime. Like, he, he's done everything. And, you know, just hearing his stories or, you know, his little, like, motivational you know speeches he'd give us you know if we formed it up in the back that night like he he really wanted like motivated me to want to be better every day
0: that's good that's good so um okay so
1: how was the crucible the crucible yeah um so really like realistically it wasn't that hard the hardest part was mentally because it was cold like there was one night where like we went to bed and woke up and it was like 20 degrees out. I think. Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was freezing. You know, there was a lot of times like you know, especially the night events where it was just like standby. Mm-hmm. You know, if you finished if you finished your part of the night event, you go into formation. You just wait there till everyone else is done, like everyone in the company. You know, and then it's probably another hour till you know you even hit your rack. Oh wow! So you know you go into your tree line and you set up with your fire team, mm-hmm. but I mean, the crucible it. It was a good time. I remember. I remember how much it sucked. I remember the pain. But I also remember, like, how headstrong it made me. Yeah. It's funny. So,
0: um, I remember when I was in boot camp, 12 years ago, this month, actually. um, It was funny as shit, man. So, when we did the... um, So, I've never shot a weapon before in my entire life. Shooting a weapon at boot camp was the first time I ever shot a rifle. So, um, I just had no experience whatsoever. Um, and I remember I unked the first time, failed miserably the first time, and then they gave us the, the week to remediate and then shoot again. and I remember my senior drill instructor uh, actually years later I got to talk to him as a first sergeant and I told him the story and he was like, no, nah, it didn't happen. I'm like, no, it did and he felt like such a fucking asshole so I, so what happened was is that bef- the day bef- the day we were leaving to get um go qualify again, he said to me, he reminds me he, if you ever seen the movie 300, he mm-hmm. looks like Xerxes, like that's how big he is, and he that's what he was known as throughout boot camp, and everybody on the island knew him as that, and they still do because um, he's still there now as a first sergeant, but what happened was, is he comes up to me and he tells me he goes, hey Bennett, I was like, yes sir he goes, if you fucking fail today you fucking get dropped back bitch, he's like, so don't fucking fail, so I was like It's like, okay, (laughs) like, right, like, whatever, so I'm taking all the training I can get, right? So I go out there, and it ended up torrential downpouring the whole day. So we're out on the range, and we're shooting, we're shooting, and I think the score, if I remember correctly, like, for, like, literally two passes, a 190, right? So I literally get a 190. I get my score chart, and literally on it, it says 190. I, bro, I drop to my fucking knees, I'm like, thank God, I'm not gonna get dropped like i'm fucking souped so i go back to we go back to the barracks we, we hump back and um, we get back to the barracks and i walk in drenched and i walk on the quarter deck and the senior drill instructor just goes bennett get the f- over here right now so i go running and i and i'm like yes sir he's like so how'd you do i was like sir this recruit passed sir he goes so you want to be an effing integrity violator? Like, I don't know you failed? And I'm like, no, sir, this recruit passed. And he's, now he's like, you're fucking arguing me. He's, like, thinking that I'm, like, going against him, that I'm lying. And I'm like, no, sir, like, I passed. I got a 190. Like, I literally passed. So then all of a sudden, my, the kill hat, the freaking all the rest of the donors, now they come over and they're screaming. And they're and he's, like, and they're all like, you're going to tell you he's a liar, that or not So I'm like, bro, really? So they literally tell me to pack up all my shit, put it all in my sea bag, pack everything up, and then I'm going to get dropped. So then, I don't know if they have this still, but right by the head, right by the head, and um, for those of you who don't know, head is bathroom. bathroom, there was the pull-up bars. And then right below the pull-up bars, there was this red box that was painted on the floor. And essentially, if you got in trouble or anything like that, they literally would have you sit in the box and just face the wall. So because I was getting dropped, that's what happened. They literally had me sit in the box, freaking left hand, left left knee, right hand, right knee, and just stare at a wall for literally what felt like days. Maybe it wasn't days, I don't know. But, and then they made me put a rack in the middle right below the pull-up bars so that every day everyone had to pass me as they went to the head and I couldn't work out. I couldn't do anything. I just had to sit there. So then finally, what is it? It's grass week and then BWT? or uh, Grass week, table one, then BWT and table two. Okay. So right after whatever's after rifle week, again, this is 12 years ago, so things probably changed. Right after this, we had the next portion of training where we were going to go out and do like the low crawls underneath the, the serpentine wire and all that stuff so what happened was is that they just it was me and this other dude and there was a couple other people who were getting dropped they have us both go out there and we're literally all of our recruits that were in our platoon they're just going and they're getting just destroyed out there in the sand like low crawling through the, you know underneath the wire and everything and all of a sudden the company first sergeant comes walking up and i'm sitting on the ground and i'm doing rifle watch with this other kid who had, who was getting dropped from platoon 1068 and the first sergeant comes up he pulls out a flip phone and he's like hey recruit so and so call your family and tell them that you're getting dropped and then you're going to be dropped back two weeks so the dude takes the phone calls his family tells them now I'm sitting there I'm like well what about me like, where's my phone Where's like, I'll get a phone call So the first sergeant just turns around and he starts walking away and I I just stood up and I was like, excuse me, sir, first sergeant. No, I said, excuse me, sir, this recruit requests permission to speak to the senior, to the first sergeant, sir, I guess, I don't remember. And um, he goes, what? And then my drill instructor comes running over my senior, like, what the fuck, why are you trying to talk to him? You don't fuck, like, who am I to be talking to this dude, right? (laughs) So the first sergeant goes, hey, relax. He goes, what's going on, recruit? And I said to him, I was like, sir, this recruit was told that he failed and that he was being dropped back. And the first sergeant goes, what's your name? And I said, it's Bennett. And he looks at the paperwork, he starts f- going through it, and he goes, no, you got a 190. So I'm standing there, and I all of a sudden, I get this grin on my face, and in my head, I'm like, see, I fucking told you, motherfuckers, I didn't fucking fail. <laughs> and um, all of a sudden... My senior drill instructor grabs my rifle off the ground, takes it, chucks it into my chest, and he's like, "Get the fuck back to work, you lying son of a bitch." He's like, "I knew you didn't fail," and I'm like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "I'm like, bro, are you kidding me?" So now I'm I'm freaking low crawling through the sand, and I'm like, "Bro, I'm freaking ready. Like, I I need to just kill it. Like, at the rest of boot camp, I need to just kill it." And then all of a sudden, this staff sergeant. Like I will never forget I had two staff sergeants that literally Were on my ass every single day They would come up to me behind my ear In formation and they would just be like Hey Ben And they would do it all the fucking time And I'd never forget them, both of them And uh, I, I still talk to one of my drillers just, To this day, He's just he's actually retiring Right now, he's going to be on the podcast But I'll never forget it The two of them, one was really really short I, I don't know his race, but he was Hispanic Um, and then there was this other guy who was really, really tall, and he was an African-American. The two of them just come running out of nowhere. Like, they saw me now being there, and they both get on the ground, and they just start kicking dirt in my face, and he's like, you motherfucker, I knew you best. You just wanted a fucking break. He's like, I'm gonna fucking destroy you for the next fucking two months. You're fucking done. And dude, literally... Every single day for like what felt like forever, the two of them, bro, I would do I can't count how many push ups like the it was insane, bro. Like, but it was just so funny how like I literally sat here and told you I didn't fail and now you're putting it on me that I lied. It was shit was funny, man. Yep. But um so you you graduated boot camp. How did that feel? How did getting your EGA feel? How did did you cry? Did you not
1: cry? Some people say I never cried I'm like, Okay Yeah, no, I cried. I definitely cried. Um you know I had, I had friends before me who became marines you know a year or so before me and they were like oh you know don't cry at the ega ceremony you're going to like a little bitch or like whatever and i'm like you know what no like i just worked my ass off the past yeah. three months to earn this like it's emotional yeah. you know not like you know not many people can say they did this and yeah, yeah. i did it for myself so you know it's emotional so yes i cried at the ega ceremony uh and then Graduation was bittersweet, you know, it was great because we're like, Okay, great, we're done, we leave tomorrow, like can't wait to get off this island, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was also terrible because being the quote unquote COVID Marines, we didn't get to have family there at all. So, you know, graduating without family definitely sucked. You know, you want your family there after three months of only being able to speak through letter and you know, you want you want them to see you graduate in that moment, and then, you know... the transformation. Exactly. You want them to be there for that, and they couldn't. And then we really got double whammyed because after, you know, a whole Marine week of being out on the parade deck for hours on end, practicing to graduate, you Mm -hmm. know, on the parade deck, we ended up getting lucky enough for it to rain on graduation. So Mm -hmm. we got moved to the all-weather training facility where we just sat in the bleachers and got the little ceremony and that was it oh wow so we didn't even get to march we didn't get to do anything really Yep. see that's crazy because like even when i went to boot camp
0: that happened to us where it started pouring but we still marched from our barracks to the all-weather facility and then did it indoors we did the whole
1: entire ceremony indoors so i know they used to do it like i'm pretty sure this is how they did it. like where they had the platoons They'd be lined up on the parade deck, they'd be lined up in the well, yeah, whether in the families yeah. would be in the stands, yeah, yeah. No, they had all of us in the stands. Oh, so wow. we just sat through all of graduation. That's, besides you know, that sucks. going to attention that for the sucks. national anthem. It was, it was really smacking the face. lost a lot. We good. lost yeah. a lot.
0: So, um, one thing I wanted to ask you so, this is something I guess has been implemented since boot camp has changed so much. So, for us, we literally did the crucible got our EGAs, then that same morning we had Warriors breakfast, and then we went back to the barracks, but we still referred to our drill instructors as sir, not by their ranks, but now from what I understand is that you guys have quote-unquote Marine Week, and now you can actually talk to them as sergeants, and, like, so do you feel, clearly you don't know how it felt for me, but like, do you feel that that Works? Do you feel that that makes sense? Do you feel like,
1: like, what do you think? I mean, I I agree with it. I mean, we so it's actually two Marine weeks, which I feel might be a little much because we kind of throughout those two weeks, it's you know all about like gear return and making sure the house is clean for the you know the, the next incoming recruits. And then there's also a lot more classes as far as like the sapper. Yeah, you know. Um, so I heard. Sorry to interrupt you, but. I've been told by
0: many people that, like you said, it's just too much. It's like... Because I've asked people, like, Mm -hmm. what do you do when you graduate after this? And they're like, nothing. They're like, we don't do anything. Like, we have a couple classes, but realistically, we're sitting in a squad bay doing nothing. Yeah. And we don't do anything. So it's kind of like you went through three months of bullshit, and now all of a sudden, it's just two weeks of nothingness and monotonous. Mm -hmm. And, like, you don't... Like, you... Pretty much, someone was telling me that all you guys literally do is just iron your uniforms mm-hmm. and tidy up the house for two weeks, and that's all you do. Yeah, and
1: then you just wait for chow to like chow to chow. So it's kind of like just a pointless fucking two weeks of yeah of nothingness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely think one week could be useful because you know having that transfer, being a recruit, and you know referring to yourself as this recruit, and you know talking to your drill instructors, you know, addressing them as sir, ma'am. You know, I think. I think one week would be beneficial because it's kind of prepping you to move on to MCT and job school, and then eventually the fleet. Where so they, you feel like one week would be beneficial. I think one and week two is just one like, is sufficient. Why? Two okay. is two is too much because I just think that transition from you know this recruit and sir, I think it's nice to be like mm-hmm. oh staff sergeant I like yeah. sergeant I yeah, yeah. like you know I think it's nice to have that transition to kind of break you out of that being a complete boot. You know, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's nice to have that, uh, but as far, it's just so, like, you know, if there isn't a class on, like, sapper, or drinking mm-hmm. alcohol, and, you know, whatever it is, you know, don't do this in the fleet, don't do that. <clears throat> I think, you know, it's somewhat useless, because you really do just sit there for the whole week, clean the house, iron your uniforms, and just wait, wait till chow. Yeah. Come back from chow, do it all over again. Yeah, you know? so it's kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah,
0: when I could have gotten more training, or we could have had more depth deep in deep discussions, or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay, yep. all right, um, okay. So let's move on from that. You go to boot camp. Now you go to MCT. How was Marine Combat Training? And you don't, <laughs> you didn't. So you just want to understand you literally went boot camp and then all through your training and then you were able to finally see your family. Yep, so you seven didn't months have a, later. Oh man, okay. Yeah. So so really, it, it's kind of like you did a deployment. <laughs> not <laughs> not really, but you spent seven months without talking or seeing your family mm-hmm. and really just like phone calls. But, So how was um, Marine combat
1: training? It was definitely interesting to say the least. I mean, um, not for nothing. I think that's where MCT at least from what I saw and from what I've heard from other Marines that I've gone through within the past months or, you know, even now I have a couple of buddies there. But it's just kind of like a free-for-all almost. Like, you know, you get there and you go through receiving, and the receiving instructors are just jerks for no reason. You know, they just, they'll just they just make you stand outside, out tension, attention, information, hours on end just because they want to. No premise behind it. But if you weren't doing that, you'd just be sitting in your squad bay, just on your phone, talking with your buddies, taking a nap. That's through the receiving part of it. Then you move on to VL4, the range week. And that was fun. That was a good time, you know, getting to shoot every day. And then, you know, last day going to the uh, the M240 Bravo range. That was great. But, I mean, for, for my class, it was cold. Like, we'd be sleeping in the CMUs and it would be colder in there than it actually would be outside. And then you gotta wake up in the morning, get dressed. You gotta run to the ba- You gotta run to the head, you know. To, you know, take a piss and brush your teeth, shave, whatever you gotta do. Mm-hmm. And then you know. So that was that was. So terrible. while you were at MCT, did you guys have your phones the whole time? We got lucky. We did because now uh, the Marine Corps kind of pressing more on using that like Moodle, the Marine online. A lot of classes on there. Mm-hmm. They want they wanted us to have our phones because there were classes on there that we could use throughout the training. You know, if we wanted a refresher on a formation or, you know, how to break down the M two forty Bravo or you know, different things like that. They let us have our phones for that reason and they told us, like, listen, you guys are Marines now, you guys are grown adults, you know, we're you know, we're trusting you with your phones. You know, mm-hmm. we don't think we're hoping you guys don't act stupid with them, we're hoping you don't take advantage of them. You know, just just know like this is a privilege, not a right. We can mm-hmm. easily take them all away. But from what I heard, there's a lot of uh, people that go through, especially before me, that got their phones taken away and they didn't have them for that whole month. So, I mean, I guess I got lucky in that sense. Yeah. So like when
0: I went through, you got you literally as soon as you got there, you turned your phone in, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And then like I think maybe on Sundays you could get it back. Mm-hmm. Because like, and this is you know I guess you could call me like an old head speaking, but like for me, man, it. I just see it, and I'm, eventually I'm going to have Joel on the podcast, but like for me it's like it's just so different because everything is consumed in phones nowadays. Everyone has a phone on them. So I feel like that, that month of you actually being out there, doing formations, being on the range, I feel like not having the phone around is better because then you're focusing more solely on that training. I would agree. I would
1: definitely agree. Like I said, MCT, from what I saw it was kind of like a free-for-all. Like, besides, like, the actual times that you were learning or you were practicing a formation or you were shooting, like, it was just standby to stand-by. Yeah. Like, you weren't doing much. You were sitting, you know, in a little circle with your friends. You were eating MREs, like, you know, shooting the shit yeah. on your phone. That's crazy, like, bro. It that was,
0: we were never, like, we literally, was, yeah. when I went to MCT, dude, like, we were up from five thirty in the morning until eight or nine o'clock at night. We were constantly on the. We were always doing some sort of training. Like there yeah. was never moments of us just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, no, that's, it was that's just, crazy.
1: Like personally, like yes, I enjoyed it because I honestly yeah. got to relax more than I did work. But I still took in all the knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, that they gave to us, and you know. So I, do you? feel like there just could have been a lot more training and a lot more oh health. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like there was just way too much <laughs> downtime and like like them just being lax with us. Mm. And then, you know, then everyone got way too comfortable and then of course like that that started messing with our sleep because then they would just wake us up every hour on the hour yeah. just to go out in formation so they can get accountability every hour. Yeah. And, and that's, a,
0: that's like the thing. Cause like I've, I've even noticed that in my four years of being on recruiting duty, like how drastically different Marines are coming home. Like, because mm-hmm. like for myself, like when I came home from boot camp and I saw my, my, my recruiter, I literally was like still standing at attention, like still calling him sir. And now I see people who are coming home from boot camp and it's like, yo, what's good, Sergeant? And it's like, wait a second, like, this is not how this is supposed to be at all. Like, I'm a Sergeant, you're a private. There's supposed to be a diff, like, a reverence here. Mm -hmm. And it seems
1: like at all it's, like, not there anymore. And that's honestly the real reason that I was actually really looking forward to come on this podcast. Because, like, I just wanted to be able to share, like, you know, my experiences in the past seven months of quote unquote being a boot. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't really consider myself a boot, but like, I am. I yeah. just got home, I'm still PSD. Yeah. So, about to be Lance Quote. Now unquote, like,
0: now that you bring that up and you keep saying it, um, I had this conversation with somebody else who's going to be on the podcast, but I asked him, like, hey, man, I want you on the podcast. And immediately the first thing he said was, well, I'm just a boot. Why would you want me on your podcast? And this is the reality of something. And I said this on my Instagram the other day everybody is a boot to somebody. You will always be a boot. Mm-hmm. There are sergeant majors who are going to be boots to another senior sergeant major. Guess what? Every sergeant major in the Marine Corps is a boot to the sergeant major of the Marine Corps. Literally. Like, there's people that are always go, like today, I, at the gym, I met a retired lieutenant colonel who did 27 years in the Marine Corps. Guess what? I am a boot to him. And yeah. guess what? He's a boot to some general. Like, the reality of it is, is that and again now mind you i'm not going to sit here and knock tradition i don't think there's a problem with saying the word boot um but you have to understand that just because you're a boot doesn't mean that you don't have a story to tell mm-hmm. because realistically there's things and again i was talking to this um just i don't remember who it was but there's things actually in my interview last night with brian um Bro, there's people out there who you're there. First of all, a lot of our wars have been won by lance corporals. That's the reality of it. Like, you look at these people, most of these Medal of Honor recipients, most of these people out there who did these crazy things, who, you know, jumped on grenades or whatever, were lance corporals. Um, so, there's no reason to say that this lance corporal doesn't have one more experience than somebody else, mm-hmm. or mm, there's some way that that lance corporal can actually help in a bigger way but he doesn't feel that he can because he is a quote-unquote boot. So he feels lesser because he can't tell you something because you'll refer to him as said boot. So something that I want to get out there is like, listen, bro. at the end of the day, I'm a boot, you're a boot, we're all boots. But everybody has a story to give and and to pass on. So just, you know, going on with that. So you do MCT, you move on to military occupational school. Um, How was
1: that? Was that... So, the training itself was definitely good. It was, you know, it was a good time, it was, you know, cool experience, got to drive the Humvees, the MTVRs, and the LVSRs. like, that was cool, because, like, that's something, you know, normal people don't get to do, Mm -hmm. and most people in the military don't get to do unless you are that, you know, MOS. Yeah. Um, so the training itself was actually great, you know, I was, I was very happy to be able to learn about those vehicles and be able to drive them, be licensed to drive them. And now, I continue on my Marine Corps career, being able to drive them. Um, as far as the base, I was over at Fort Leonard uh, as you were, and um, it was definitely different. You know, still COVID times. You know, we didn't get the off base liberty. It was, you know, still pretty locked down. We had to wear masks. And it wasn't until like a week or two before I left where they actually opened the base up uh, back up to civilians to come on, and. Not that we were really supposed to, but there definitely were Marines that would invite their families to come on, you know, during a lebo weekend, mm-hmm. and you know they you know get a taxi up to the front gate, sign their parents mm-hmm. in, and then they'd go to the PX, go have like a family lunch yeah. or you know do whatever, walk around.
0: So, so you would say pretty much COVID kind of fucked your entire experience of 100%. camp MCT and a hundred percent. That sucks, man. It, it sucks, but I, but I and mind you, for people who are listening that are higher rank and. That are on Paris Island and all that stuff, you had we all got to remember and take into a f- account that no one ha- ever expected a pandemic to happen. No, and then no one this wasn't something that whether you were on recruiting duty or whether you were on you know recruiting duty or whether you were just in training status, no one knew how to deal with this. So, no. really, it was just thrown together like, hey, this is the best we can do for right now. But now, how do we make it better? Mm-hmm. So, and it's a learning curve. It's like businesses. You know, a lot of businesses had no idea. Hey, what are we gonna do? We gotta do this. So, um, the Marine Corps had to literally say, okay, well, how do we still train our fighting force, but socially distanced? Mm-hmm. So that's you know definitely something to take into account. But it, it just kind of sucks because you lost a lot of what could have been, and unfortunately, you yeah. will not know that. You know, but and it's also thing, to come back now too. So, one thing I do want to tell you, um, and this is for anybody out there who doesn't know this, um, there is, so when you get to your reserve unit, did you start, did you drill yet? Yes. Okay. So, if you don't know this, immediately talk to your sergeant, talk to whoever's in charge, well, go, you know, talk to your corporal and then go move up the chain of command. But as a reservist, Motor T, there is a form that your commanding officer can sign off on to where you can actually go get your CDL for free. So, because you already have all your licenses, what you do is, is you take that form. And your commanding officer signs off on it. Your platoon sergeant signs off on it, I believe. Um, and then you bring it to the DMV. And then literally, instead of taking the whole entire driver's test, all you have to do is take the is take the written test. So the uh, the driving test and the hours that all gets waived. But the written test you have to do. Now, mind you, in the state of New Jersey, I believe you have to be 21 to get a CDL. Mm-hmm but it's just something to be cognizant of because a lot of people don't know that and then they get out of the Marine Corps and they're like, oh, yo, I heard about this thing and it's like, well, you're out of the Marine Corps too late. late. So there's definitely that too. Um, So now that you're, so how
1: was your first drill? It was, you know, it was okay. And I only say that because the fact that uh, even though I had already checked in before my drill, they almost made me check in again so now I was just running around the headquarters the whole time, getting signatures from this person, that person. You know, going to supply, getting on my my SIF gear issue, and so pretty much the whole weekend I was stuck up the headquarters, mm-hmm. running around doing a, another check in. Yeah. Um. But then the last like couple hours of the Sunday, they actually just had me go down to the motor pool and do some work, and all we were doing doing was like the PCMS you know looking around the truck checking everything making sure they run how they're supposed to and, yeah. uh, we have a lot of mechanics at my unit too so like, it's a lot of cross training as far as operators and mechanics which is really cool because then you get that not only my an operator and I my license to drive this vehicle mm-hmm. but now I also know what goes into it how to work on it you yeah. know you know this doesn't sound right oh it must be this and like I have to yeah. look at these things so that's obvious that's really interesting
0: no that's good man and uh the biggest piece of advice that I would really give you... I'm Motor T2, so I've been around and done what you're doing. The biggest thing that I would tell you, um, and this is for anybody out there, is... Being a reservist can either be the best thing ever, or it can be the worst thing. The reason why I say that is because there's a lot... Like me, I got lucky. I say that because I was literally in the Marine Corps. I checked into my unit in, I think, April of 2009, 2010... And then literally my first drill out at Fort Dix um, we had a lieutenant come up to us and he was like hey we're deploying to Afghanistan and our workup starts in October and then you guys are gonna be activated from November 1st all the way until November until December of next year so literally I wasn't even in the Marine Corps a whole entire year and I was now getting ready to deploy to Afghanistan now mind you there was a lot of people who literally checked in the weekend after me and because they were one weekend shy they couldn't go mm-hmm. so the reason why i bring this up is because there's a lot of people out there who spend 5 6 years in the marine corps in the reserves and they don't do anything besides hey i'm going to go to drill this weekend i'm going to fix trucks that aren't broken that haven't even been tra- moved and it becomes this monotonous thing mm-hmm. um And then unfortunately, sometimes we really don't have the money or things like that. But what I would tell you as a reservist and anyone who is a reservist is don't get caught up in being stuck at the same unit forever, meaning you're obligated to that unit, but you can augment yourself and you can actually go on active duty for a year, for two years. Like there's programs out there. So... Just don't be that guy, and this isn't just for you, this is for anybody listening. Don't be that guy who literally chooses to do nothing for six years and then blames the Marine Corps. Because one of my best friends, um, Mike, he was a reservist, and he went online. He requ- he requested information, and he ended up deploying to Bahrain. He was there for a year. Um, he ended up going to Germany, Korea, Japan, all of these things while being in the reserves. One of my other buddies went on a Mew uh, marine Expeditionary in our unit um, for seven months. So don't sit here and, and, and just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. And and another piece of advice that I would give you is get ahead of your peers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like myself, I picked up corporal a year ahead, of, a year ahead. I picked up sergeant a year ahead, and then I, because of picking up sergeant and corporal a year ahead of my peers. By the time it came time for me to get promoted to staff sergeant, I actually picked up staff sergeant two years ahead of the average. So most of my friends um, picked up staff sergeant at the 12-year mark. I picked up staff sergeant at 10-year mark because I expedited the process when I was a corporal and when I was a sergeant. And how I did that was, number one, just the best, and I, this is a piece of advice I got from a friend of mine. He pretty much was like, listen, a lot of people chase the score. They chase it. But when you stop chasing it and you just do what you know is right, it'll just fall in your lap. And that's the thing is, as long as you're not on BCP, because you're fat and you're out of weight, because or you're failing a PFT or stuff like that, like those are all things that are you in your control. Mm -hmm. So really, what I would tell you is, make sure you you know as soon as like if you haven't already done leading marines, guess what, do leading marines. Do it. As soon as you get to your unit, ask. Your freaking co- corporal, your sergeant. Hey, when are we going to have a lance corporal seminar? So that, boom, you're going to have both of those things done. So that when c- when corporal literally is available for you to get promoted, you have everything done. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a podcast about recruiting duty, but guess what? For every person that you refer that joins the pool program, you get 20 points. So if you get five people, that's 100 points towards corporal. That's a whole entire year. That's how I got corporal so quickly. Is because I had five people that I put in the pool program, and that was a hundred points, which is equivalent to a year of work that I just saved off of that. Um, <clears throat> so, just be cognizant of the fact that your career is yours, and the thing is, is that especially in the reserves, you want to pick up, you want to get promoted earlier on. I don't want to say the easier ranks, but get corporal get sergeant knocked out of the way of course get the experience do whatever you can to get that experience but because if you don't then you're going to be like I have I have friends of mine who are gunnies and they're at 20 years in the Marine Corps and because of the reserves and how slowly we promote you know maybe if they had gotten promoted to corporal quicker or sergeant quicker maybe they would have gotten you know to first sergeant or something like that Mm -hmm. so really you just got to remember that it's no one else's career but yours constantly get better at your pft like i something i've always struggled with and it's just simply because i've never really tried hard and i need to you know and i'll I'll be the first person to say that but um is there anything that you kind of wanted to talk about or anything else that you wanted
1: to bring up I think we pretty much hit all the bases um what so what's next for you what's next so right now you know i've been home picking up a couple you know delivery shifts because that's what i did before i left just some quick easy cash uh right now i'm th- going through the process of getting my recruiter's assistance approved a uh, little problem with that a couple weeks ago but we're getting that figured out and i'll be on an active one month status of recruiting assistance we're all you know Practically be doing the job as yeah. a recruiter with a recruiter, yeah. being a junior yeah. marine, and then once I'm done with that, I'll be going to college in the fall. You know, looking to get that started, get that. What out are you going to major in? Business. What exactly I'm going to do with that? I'm not quite sure yet. Um, still planning on making a career out of the Marine Corps, so I just figured, honestly, get to go to college, go get a degree, and I feel like business is just something safe to fall back on. <clears throat> long term, kind of want to get into real estate maybe, mm-hmm. you know, invest in some properties make some money that way, but I just think having a business <coughs> background especially some, for something like that would be helpful
0: Okay, Um, and just kind of go off of that, um, we didn't really talk about this, but we were going to um, if you're somebody who is thinking of joining the military at some point, but you feel like the college route needs to go first, I'm telling you right now it's retarded. Why do I say that? I say that because Think about it like this very simply, and then we're going to end this. If you go and you pay, whether you have scholarships or not, and you pay this money, right? And then you become an officer. Because first of all, people have this misunderstanding that, oh, all i got to do is get a degree and I can become an officer. No, 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 no. If you don't have above a 74 on the ASVAB or if you don't have a certain SAT score... You're not even eligible. That on top of that, if you don't have a if you don't have a high first class PFT, you're not even going to get looked at. PFT is the physical um, the, the physical fitness test for the Marine Corps. Right. So a lot of people don't understand that. So imagine going to four years of college just to go into a an officer train just to go meet an officer and then find out that you're not even effing competitive. So the reason why we do things like the PLC program. Uh, which is something that Harrington is looking at doing at some point, is because, number one, you're going to already go to boot camp, MCT, all those things. You're going to now get trained to have a high first class for um, PFT. And throughout that time, you're in the Marine Corps and you're still going to college. You're still doing those things. So you're still gaining that time. Right. So now, say you graduate college, so you're going to go to Rowan, right? Mm-hmm. So say you decide, I'm going to go to Rowan and I'm going to graduate, right? Say at your four-year mark, you graduate, now you go to commission, you're going to be an O-1 with four years in the Marine Corps. So now, and at that point, you can actually transition to active duty if you want to, or you can stay a reserve officer. Now, mind you, you're going to be getting paid as an O one one at four years. Mind you, if you were to join the Marine Corps four years later, you're going to now get it paid as an O-1 at zero years. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of screwing yourself in the end, if, especially if you inevitably feel like that. And also, you know, an argument that has been made is that people feel that enlisted to officer are better leaders. Mm-hmm. That's an argument that's been made. We'll never know the truth of that. <coughs> um, but... You know, instead of just and, and the other thing too is, God forbid something happens to you while you're playing sports. You know, I had a friend of mine years ago who his whole entire thing of growing up was I want to be a marine. Mom and dad were like, No, you're going to go to college. Then when that's all done, you can go become a marine. Guess what? He blew out his back in football and never could become a marine. And now here he is, 30 years old, and his number one dream of becoming a marine was never made because he blew out his back. Um, or did something stupid at college? Like I know plenty of people who went away to college, dropped ninety, somewhat thousand dollars on a degree, and then dropped out and realized, fuck, now I'm going to join the Marine Corps, and now they're you know lance corporals with ninety thousand dollars of debt. You know, so do your research. You know, come in the office, talk to a recruiter. Again, I'm not going to sit here and say the Marine Corps is the end-all, be-all, even though I do believe that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you really have to. Just do your research and have an understanding because so many people will say, oh, that's not for me. But then you ask them if they know anything about it, and they'll say no. Um, So I just want to thank you for coming out, and I really appreciate it, man. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely.